Welcome. Welcome to the While My Batteries Charge podcast. Join us as we talk about all things radio control. And now, your host. Folks, this man, he is the king. Mr. CCXRC himself. Tony CeCe. Tony CeCe. Hey, what is going on, you guys? Welcome to another While My Batteries Charge podcast. Today is going to be awesome. Uh, we've got somebody on here who I've followed for the past eight years that I've been in the hobby. Uh, one of the first RC voices um, that really got me hooked on the hobby. So I'm excited today to have Chris, Mr. Hemi Storm, Mr. Paint and Graphics here with us in his awesome self yeah with with the with the accent with the accent (laughs) and uh man i tell you what your videos like when i first got into the hobby i had the the um the stampede two two wheel drive and i was immediately wanting more and um but i wasn't sure what to get and then i got a low c um, and this was still before I'd seen your stuff, but then I was hooked. Like, I think everybody gets when they get into RC, they just start like buying stuff and I'm um, wanting to try something new. And uh, then I was like, well, I want a crawler. And uh, I looked in all the wrong places and I said, well, I, I kind of still wanted to go fast, but I wanted to crawl. And I started looking at the Yeti and that's when I found your videos. Yeah, that I did, I did a lot on the Yeti. I'm still bummed that I uh, discontinued that because I, I do think that it was a good truck that had uh, a lot of potential as well. Yeah, and people are building a lot of stuff like it now in, in yeah, many definitely. ways. If you look at all the, the, the Baja Ray lineup, all that stuff is uh, basically based off the Yeti. Yeah, yep, with the um, the solid axle rear independent front. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the biggest downfall for the, for the Yeti was that... Uh, the XL was perhaps uh, released a bit prematurely. Yeah. They and uh, all of the hardware and all of the uh, engineering on that one was basically, I think, a bit too uh, puny and a bit too brittle for what it should have been. Yeah. I remember that there was like a diff fix where you oh, could yeah. send yeah, your well, stuff you, you to... You needed to throw a whole lot of money on uh, add it to, to make it a fun truck. But, uh, uh, well, it, it is a fun truck once you have it up and running in that way. But it was one of the first big scale. Now, looking back, you know, you don't think about it much looking at the hobby now because we have a lot of options for huge RCs now. But back in the day, there weren't many XL vehicles like that. You had no, gas well, ones. Yeah, we, we, had, we, had, we had the gas fiber ones, but nothing with like a, a live uh, rear axle. Because right. This was even before or maybe simultaneously when uh, uh, Kraken got out with uh, the Vecta. Yep. Which which I find a hideous truck, by the way, just because <laughs> it's, too, it's, it's too wide for what it's supposed to, to be. Be emulating, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and, and those wheels are like too tiny. So I think that the, the Yeti captured the whole vibe of what we wanted a lot better. Uh, also being electric, of course. Yeah. And seeing that Axel came out with it was uh, was fantastic. That's also, I think, why I'm so why I'm so giddy about the whole SEX6 and seeing that right now, I do think that they got it right in every single aspect with that truck because all the hardware is big, all mm-hmm. of the engineering is on point. It is well. It's basically it's overpowered and over-engineered in every single way. But it's such yeah. a nice platform to work on as well. Yeah. Where the Yeti was a bit more of a, 
of an exoterra uh, to work on <laughs> right, and, right. And, it, and it being like a bit of a headache. Yeah. I remember when my first got my regular Yeti and I yeah. think the, I lost, they hadn't Loctited the, the grub screw on the pinion and that oh, came yeah. out. Like even just getting into, to redo all that was like, man, that was a pain to get in there and yeah, 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 definitely work on. But, um, definitely. well, I know you're doing some awesome stuff with your SCX six. And I definitely want to talk about where things are now in the hobby and how you've seen stuff grow. But I think to get to there, why don't we start with what got you into the hobby first? And then we'll kind of build from there, like how you've seen it change and morph over the years. Yeah, sure. Did you start uh, gas or nitro? How far back did, did you start? Oh, I, well, I started when I was uh, 12, I guess, with like Tory grade. Okay. 12. Like Nico um, toy grade or? Yeah. Yeah. Nico. Yeah. And then uh, after that, a couple of years, nothing. Uh, then I bought myself uh, a Tamiya. Okay. TL01. So that's uh, that's really a couple, couple of years on already. Just because I had, uh, back when I was like six or seven, I had like a neighbor kid who had, uh, <laughs> who had saved up all summer doing like some sort of work uh, out at a farm. And he bought a Tamiya, and I just remember being super envious of this kid. Yeah. So uh, at some point, I had uh, I had basically cash to spare. So, uh, well, that's when I got into the hobby, like hobby grade. Okay. Um, well, then life happened. So I uh, bought a house, and uh, that needed to fix a lot of the house, and so a couple of years of nothing. Then I bought uh, an HPF Firestorm. So that was my yeah. uh, first nitro. Also, one of my last, well, my last Nitro, just because that wasn't uh, exactly a great experience. Okay. Keeping it up and running, just because it, it, there was always something. Either the, either the receiver battery was empty, or the the glow plug battery was empty, or the Nitro fuel just wouldn't uh, run when you wanted it to run. There was just so much stuff that you need to get right to to get that to run right. Plus that, uh, that what is it, a G 3.0 engine? Okay, that I don't know. I have, that, 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 that I have stayed good, away from Nitro. Because <laughs> when I got into it, at all. when I got into it, Nitro was kind of slowly declining. Yeah, exactly. Except and then the, after the that, Savage bought, people did. Uh, yeah, well, the Savages, they were great. And then back in the day, you also still had uh, the Emacs. Yep. Um, did you have a, a Nitro Savage or no? Yours was... No, I, I do have the Octane. The Octane. So the 15cc uh, two-stroke. Okay, so it's Reg- gas. gas, uh, gas yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. I remember that back in the day. So when would the Firestorm have been? Would, like, guess time frame. Oh, that's, um, I guess, uh, 2005, 2006. So still early. So that's still 17 years ago. Getting into yeah, the hobby grade yeah, stuff. Yeah, the way you yeah. say it like that, it, it sounds it's like crazy. Ages ago, yeah. yeah. Yeah, wow. That's what I was trying to figure out, like where the stuff was, because like my frame of reference isn't until like 2013, 2014. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and I, well, and I, I got really hooked once I bought uh, an HBI Baja. Okay. And that's also when uh, when I started uh, uh, making parts and. Yeah, that that just took. So you off. went big then. You went yeah, large scale with the the Baja. Well, at that point, suddenly I was in magazines and uh, uh, well on, on forums back in there because this is before YouTube. <laughs> uh, 
on forums, people knew who I was. And uh, yeah, back then, also, I was already painting. Yeah. But then I was I would write everything that I would do. So every single step, I would just sit there and type and uh, write like, yeah, and then you back that with like a, a, a PS1 whites. Just make sure that the color pops a bit. And then once YouTube came, I thought, <laughs> you know what? I'll just make two paint videos or something because then I can just explain. I mean, your whole process. Visual say, say yeah. more than like a, a thousand written words. So I can just show people what I do instead of having to write it out. And Yeah, and but I bet every time you post a picture, picture, they still ask you how you do it and want you to explain exactly. it. Exactly. No, it didn't are, help. <laughs> people are people can't be bothered to read and people or even watch, like the video. watch the video. And then, well, and then that's basically how, how the YouTube channel uh, started, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. So did you paint before RC? Were you into art and painting? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. So when did you get into that, like into art? Oh, when I was, I think I, I could draw a Porsche when I was uh, three years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Wicked. I've always been about cars and about drawing. and. That's know. awesome. See, my dad was an artist. He'd paint our bike helmets, BMX helmets, and he'd paint back yeah, in the day uh, airbrush shirts. Two on a, on a yeah, motorcycle helmet. Yep. I pinstriped a Harley. Uh, yeah. My dad was an art teacher, but I mean, the only thing that I pulled from it was um, the idea of looking at things in frames and and that. And I guess that helped with video or uh, design. So I went into like graphic design early on, and then he opened a t-shirt shop, and so I would work on all the art stuff early on we had Corel draw and photoshop oh, nice. early versions you know and um so but i never got the actual uh i i you know it's one of those things where i don't know it's hard to teach your kids i guess in some ways i don't know i i find that as well for myself like my dad was an artist but it was hard for him to teach it to us like it's easier to say well i want you to be an art but i'm gonna have you work with an art teacher one because the kids, the well, way you look at your dad and listen even, to him, even when you're, uh, even when you are, uh, if you're talented, yeah. uh, it doesn't, it doesn't per se mean that you can turn stuff out uh, like at right. any given time, because you you need to you need to be in a good mood as well. You need yeah. to feel inspired. So, well, that's how I am with video. Like, exactly. So, yeah. You know, people. You know, I do a lot of um, producing. But there's times I just sit there and I'm like, I don't have anything for this. Like people think you could just sit there and write the whole story, whatever. And you're just looking at the footage and you're like, I got nothing. And sometimes it just comes you know, down to like a deadline. Stuff, <laughs> stuff needs to fall into place. Yeah. And well, I, I guess that's where I'm at right now with uh, the SCX6. Yeah. I wouldn't say I was completely burned out with the, with the hobby, but seeing that the SCX6 came to market was a really welcome uh, change for me. Yeah. Because I immediately knew that I wanted to do a ton of stuff to it. So my original one, I completely modified that. I basically spent a week and a half, two weeks on it. Just going completely to town on the paint and like yep. 3D printing and everything. And and as I was doing that. You modified it like instantly. It's amazing. Oh yeah. 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 It's that, that thing stayed stock probably like three, four hours. <laughs> and then I was like tired of looking at it. And you just scaled up the night custom stuff for some of the mods. And then the paint yeah. job you did was sick to the outside of it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. well, that as well, uh, because 
people like you, why would you, why would you paint this? Uh, just to explain, I painted a cityscape on one side and, yep. and like a desert on the other. Like people like, yeah, why would you paint a cityscape on a Jeep? I'm like, well, that's basically where you see most Jeeps. Well, yeah, mall crawlers. <laughs> yeah. So, so I got like the, the town, it's such a versatile vehicle. So. Yeah, that's what's cool about them. It's like you can literally go from driving it to go get your kids at school and then keep driving yeah, exactly. and hit the trail, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about that because you're building. Um, so you, you've been painting forever. Some of your favorite paint jobs, actually one of my favorite paint jobs that you've done is that Camaro, that 1980s Camaro. Cause I loved Camaros as a kid and man, you nailed the eighties, um, like paint job, like that you'd see in like a a car magazine with that Camaro body. First of all, that thing was sick. You know what it's based on, right? No. It's based on the, uh, the cartoon mask. Oh yes. So it's the Matt tracker, uh, car. Yeah. Oh my god. So it basically also has the That's why it had uh, the look that I recognized for the Yeah, pitch. yeah, yeah. Yeah, for a lot of people it, it immediately uh, clicks. They go, "Oh yeah, hold on." Because it also has like the uh it's of course fake, but I did paint all the shut lines on it also for the golden door. So it has those those shut lines on top of the roof. So yeah. it looks basically exactly like the well, like upscaled, if you would look at the toy, but at the Mad Tracker uh, car. Okay. And then seeing that cartoons in the 80s, they were just pretty basic drawing stuff. So it was Thunderhawk, right? I could add a ton more uh, more detail uh, to it. Was it Thunderhawk? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was it. Oh, my gosh. How did I not, re- not recognize that? Oh, that's awesome. That's even better. I knew I'd seen something like that. Like, this it just reminds me of being a kid. As I'm looking at it, I'm like, he nailed this paint job. It's one of the coolest cars I've ever seen. And I uh, I did not know that it was from Mask. Uh, it, it, we even had the toys. On a, on, a ma- on a Mask page on uh, Facebook who uh, who picked up on it that I did that. And that's like, that's a whole <laughs> that's a whole different crowd again. Like the yeah. Mask fans from yeah. back in the day. And this is, this is a, a big group of enthusiasts who, who are really all about that cartoon. So that, was, uh, that was pretty funny as well. And it would fly, the doors would go up. Yep. Oh, man. Why isn't that a reality by now? It's 2022. Yeah. <laughs> we should have flying Camaros. Well, we're, we're getting there, I think. Yeah, not not too far. So your SCX-6, I keep, keep delaying talking about that. You are converting it, and you've gone nuts with it. You went from the paint job and the Knights Custom stuff, but you're like, no, nah, this still isn't good enough. And yeah, you've so done something I, that you did back in the day where you took the Yeti XL, right? And you made it like XXL. Yeah, except of my SEX6. Well, no, it's it's actually the same. With my Yeti XL as well, that one was done. And then I photoshopped a stretched version. Yeah. And uh, and then you did it. was with, that, with, with Rodney at, uh, at Axial. So I sent Rodney a picture. I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? He's like, oh, damn. He's like, that would be really cool. And so I said, well, I can build to, I can build one if you want. <laughs> so then a week later, like uh, I had all the ingredients here to uh, to start building one. Wow! But that one was uh, uh, as an engineering feat. There was a lot going on with that uh, XXL, seeing that it had two ESCs and two motors. So we basically you, you got dig, you got over and underdrive. You can you can set up absolutely everything. So that thing's pretty nuts. 
when it comes to that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, where, whereas this one is, of course, the SCX6 Gladiator that I'm building right now yep. is a bit more uh, basic, as it still runs off of one ESC, one motor, but I did need to figure out a way to stretch it so it looks right, but it also acts right on the trail. Yeah. So with, uh, well, you know this, with the SE Extended version 3, they kind of took some liberties in keeping it a bit shorter than it actually is. Yep. Um, so if you look at a, at a full-size Jeep JLU, then there's, of course, there's a certain growth factor if you would if you would compare it to uh, the wheelbase and the overall length of a, of a JT, of a Gladiator. Right. So if you take that same uh, factor uh, and put it to SX10 version 3 measurements, then the truck would have been a bit longer than Axial made it. Yeah. So what I did with my SCX6, it sits between where it would actually be if you compare it to full size and where Axial has it on the SCX10 version 3 yep. series. Just because I, I want to keep it drivable, but I also want to have something that, that does look sort of realistic or at least as realistic as I can make it because I do, of course, have some limited means in uh, working with the stock body and that stuff like that. But yeah. So far, it's going pretty well. Yeah, and you've been custom making a ton of stuff to make that happen. Yeah, I mean, the, the chassis in itself, that was pretty simple. So I added a second skid plate that I uh, worked into the first skid plate just so it looks smooth. And I made my own rear drive shaft uh, just so I could uh, bridge the, the gap in the, in the length. Yep. Uh, so the chassis itself is stretched leave 72 millimeters right and then the overall body is stretched 89 millimeters so for people to understand this you didn't just lengthen the rear links in order to go longer you you extended no. the the gap in the middle the the skid plate is actually exactly. longer yeah and the, the links are still the same length but they just attach further back yeah so you have the exact same uh or almost the exact same geometry that you would have on a full-sized gladiator right. because a full-scale gladiator wouldn't have like the oversized links that you would find on an SE Extended Version 3 gladiator. Right. Because they were trying to keep the same skid plate that they used before instead of Yeah, of course. They, they just right. want to keep it as uh, simple as possible, basically. But uh, it's, it's almost simpler to just attach another skid plate and yeah. keep all your links the same length that they already are. Yep. Especially with an SCX6, seeing that there's quite a bit of uh, tooling going on and quite a bit of machining to get those links uh, made right. in the first place. They're, they're beefy links. <laughs> Incredible, yeah. <laughs> they definitely. definitely scaled things up on that build. Yeah. So let's talk about the SCX6. It renewed your interest in some ways in what was going on with RC. Um, so what... I actually think it's priced pretty low, like considering a lot of things that they did with it. Oh yeah. Um, because you know, people are like a thousand dollars and it, you know, it should have metal wheels and all this, but it's like the axles that they built are way different. They're bigger. Everything's bigger. And it came with a brushless system. None of the vehicles that they sell for 600 bucks, 500 bucks, even, even have a brushless no, 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 system. Nobody in bets. It. A, nobody bats an eye when uh, FG, for example, uh, has a car up for sale that is pretty much a very basic pan chassis, 
two-wheel drive, has really cheap 23cc Sonoa engine in it, super cheap, bottom of the barrel, the electronics, and they sell it for 1400 bucks. And everybody goes like, oh, that's great. You know, that's like the holy grail of RC. And granted, you know, those are really nice vehicles, and there's quite a bit of money that goes towards licensing those bodies. Yep. But seeing what Axia did here, and that every, I mean, they didn't skimp out on, on anything, I feel. Because that steering servo as well, people go like, yeah, um, I feel like it's underpowered in the steering department. Well, then you just add a different BEC and you run that steering servo on 7.4 volts if you want to do that to get most out of that servo. Yep. Because there is still a bit to go on it. You, you don't need, just to put it like that, you don't need to have a four or $500 servo in that truck to, to make it do what you hope it will do. Right. It's nice to have options as it is with, uh, with absolutely everything. But it's just a really nice, well put together truck. Yeah. If anything, I would have liked the interior panel to be a bit more detailed and a bit deeper. Okay. And that's my only, that's my only compl well, complaint, you call it yeah. complaint. More scale. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a bit more scale, yeah. Yep. Did you know that that interior panel, that it is not Lexum? No. No, I didn't know that. I, fi I figured it out this week when I was modifying What's it, it made out of? It's uh, black styrene. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then they just vacuum form it. Yeah, exactly. I already found it. It was like awkward to paint it because I painted the the, the regular length uh, SCX6 uh, that I have, painted it whole interior, and I, I found that it felt a bit odd in adhering at some places. Yep. Didn't have real trouble, but I could just sense that it was different from what I'm used to. It didn't feel like it really had the bite with the paint, but that this explains it. That's interesting. So if you don't want to repaint it, you can immediately just hit it with a TS paint. Yeah, I was going to ask. So you just use a, yep. a polycarbonate paint, right? No, no, no. Be? A regular plastic spray paint? paint. Just spray paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, that makes it easier and oh, to find and source paint for it. Um, yeah, that means that you can also use, uh, uh, you guys have Rust-Oleum, I think. And, uh, yeah, there's tons of color options. And, yeah, oh, yeah, immense. Wow, That's okay. Amazing. Yeah, I haven't taken mine out. I did get a new servo for mine just because I know that that Spectrum one worked so good in my, I have that custom monster truck that uh, Bari built for me. And, yeah. And if that little servo can move those big tires, <laughs> those low-C monster truck tires as fast and powerful as it does, I knew it would like just basically move the Jeep anywhere I wanted it to go. But it was oh, like yeah. it was like two fifty, I think. Two sixty. So yeah. it's not yeah. it's not a four or five hundred, but it, it has the power of something much bigger than it is. So Exactly. But I mean it's the same with uh with the the low C five, people running a double steering servos at some point. Yep. Um yeah. I don't have that in mind. Yeah. I thought it felt I mean, pretty good in the no, low C5. The, the, the sky, sky is the limit, of course. Well, and the, some people mod them like crazy, like metal everywhere. And yeah. Um, yeah. My low C5, I started having problems the second I tried, started upgrading stuff. It ran so good yeah. until I started changing like the pipes and all that on it. And then it's like, now, now yeah, it's one, one problem sort of uh, causes the next. Yep. So now I've got an air also leak. Back in the day with the, with the boss, we would put like aluminum A arms on it and then the bulkheads would snap. And yeah, 
they would put like aluminum bulkheads on it and then the chassis would bend. Yep. I'm at the point now where I'm just probably going to buy a new engine for it. Just go back to, cause it was so much fun and it was fast enough for me stock, but I started oval that, racing that's the it. That's crazy thing. Like everybody that I know from, uh, from back in the day, from the Baja forums, they, they're all after stock bars now. Yeah. So the least amount of modification, they don't even want to have the RPM arms, nothing. You just start breaking more and, and having, and I had so much fun and so much control and it wasn't as loud. So my neighbors weren't freaking out about it. Now it's so that, loud that, that I feel bad driving it. I think it. we should, uh, we should uh, uh, address. I hope that HPI is going to come out with uh, a re-release. Oh my Baja. goodness. That, that, that would be so dope. That and everybody wants it. Like so, that's the platform. When I was down in Virginia, we'd go down to Carolina, and there was an awesome fifth scale oval track. Everything yeah. was based off the Bajas. Yeah, all the two wheel drive classes were based off the, the HPI, and those guys, you know, you were you were basically trying to trade for parts because you wanted that stock HPI. Their parts, you didn't want, you know, some of the other stuff. So, have you seen that? Uh... A friend of mine had me pick up a bone stock purple chassis, uh, Baja 5B. It was over here in town. A guy was selling it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was immaculate. So it was brand new inbox and never ran. Wow. All the tags were on it. I, I have a video of it up on, uh, up on the channel because, I mean, I kind of wanted it. But for <laughs> me, I, I can't. I got like a hundredth car, so yeah. for me to have another car that I'm just gonna put away somewhere in a box, it's kind of stupid. Yeah, I've gotten to that point. There was just the point of like collect everything you could, and now it's kind of like I need to get rid of stuff in order to make room for stuff. Exactly, and I need to yeah. not just hold on to everything like I used to. There's also there's constantly new stuff coming out that yeah. that's also really interesting to have. So, do you um have you done any of the drag car stuff? I mean, I know you made the body for it. Are you getting into that there or yeah well i made a body for it and uh, for the for the fifth scales i i built uh, uh i remember that back in the day yeah i built basically i built a, a dodge a challenger yep that i then converted into um the the hoonicorn yeah so that was a uh, yeah that was pretty cool those but, got uh, a lot of views too those yeah. are some of your popular ones is that thing yeah exactly yeah, and it's really it's really tempting to go like, oh, then I'm just gonna like shoot that car like for the rest all of the my time, life. right? Yeah, yeah. And so I I don't know. It's it's not like the the success of that turn turned me off from it, but I was like, it would be too easy to just go just keep do doing that it. the whole time. So, so I, yeah. you're in Norway. How is RC? Yeah. What's the market like there for RC? Like, do you Mostly, have hobby uh, shops that are pretty good with the new stuff or? Well, we used to have a, a hobby shop in town, and uh, there used to be a couple of uh, hobby shops around here. But uh, it seems like uh, it has died down a little bit. So there's uh, there's quite a bit of online stores as well. Okay. And th th those are doing pretty well. So you're able to but, get some uh, of the stuff, the newer stuff. The, the, the regular mom and pop uh, shops, those are uh, no. No, hard to come by. I'm shocked. Like really here in Michigan, it's really huge. Like there's tons of shops oh, yeah? and tons of people into it. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, Michigan's always yeah, been I'm, into I miss stuff it because I, I think it's a, I think it's healthy to have like some uh, a good brick and mortar store mm -hmm. just where people can 
come out, like uh, look at some stuff, hold it, maybe test run it. Look and, at all the possible spare parts you could use to yeah, build that, from. That, that, and that's a massive difference between, uh, uh, I guess, Norway. Also, uh, Holland. Holland has a, a lot of good stores. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and and in the States, I've been to a ton of great stores as well. It's, I go through sometimes and I just look at the parts and try to think of what I might be able to do with them in other yeah. uses, you know, where it's, it's harder to do that online. But to just look at a wall and be like, Oh, that I could totally use, you know, like. Yeah, and also in the in the states, it doesn't matter if you're on the east coast or on the yeah. west coast or or somewhere in between. Like all the stores are pretty much similar. Yeah, yeah. So I've I've been to to hobby stores in uh, in, in Florida. I've been to hobby stores in uh, in Kansas, and I've been to hobby stores in uh, well near Sacramento, uh, also in in LA. So much good shops around the states and that, that i do miss over here there's a lot of uh secondhand uh, shopping going on over here uh and there's nothing wrong with that yeah but seeing that we're one of the richest countries in the world i i don't really understand that, that like extra money that, to burn on no a hobby right to, to, yeah to, yeah to make like a, a regular brick and mortar store over here that would do well so speaking of coming to the u.s you've traveled here quite a few times is it yeah. mostly RC related, or are you coming for other things as well? Just vacation, or no, just just RC, just related. RC. Kansas, you went to Kansas for RC stuff. Yeah, okay. I, I used to I used to do um, uh, some work for a uh, castle. Oh, okay, and they're based out of out of Kansas. Kansas, okay. Kansas I did not city. know that. Yeah, that's a cool city. Um, yeah, definitely. So, I've heard some stuff from your travels. And um, there's something about hand sanitizer I'm supposed to ask you about. Um, <laughs> at Axial Fest. At Axial Fest. So what, what's the story there? I heard it. Well, it was this is like 20. This is pre-COVID too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pre-COVID. Yeah. This was like 2018, I guess. 2017. Well, one of those. And uh, Matt was there too from uh, the Scale Builders Guild. And, okay. Um, I always have a little bottle of hand sanitizer just because when you travel and I'm not a germaphobe or, or anything, but I am super aware of my uh, surroundings and yep. I do, I do a look at what people are doing. And then if I see somebody plucking a booger from their nose and they're holding a handrail afterwards, and I also need to pass the same stairs. And I mean, sometimes you, can't help yourself but you need to touch <laughs> something because yeah. you need to balance yourself so i always carry hand sanitizer in my pocket just to make sure that i can uh, clean sanitize up. my hands yeah absolutely and then of course at an event you you always you, you greet people people want to shake your hand and uh, uh yeah good times and it is more uh, personal if you're able to shake somebody's hand as well right. yep but of course, also a lot of people after an event, they go like, hey, it's so weird. You know, I got, the, I got, got the sick. Shits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm really sick now. I must have, <laughs> must have eaten something wrong. I'm like, no, you, you haven't eaten anything wrong, but chances are you, you touched so many people that you basically, after you licked your finger then to flick a page of yeah. a book or something. Or you picked they, up food they, to you eat. You basically indir indirectly yeah. have... Uh, I've licked something that yeah. you really don't want to lick. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, th- I think it was Matt who was standing uh, next to me and they, they were like kind of making fun of me for being a germaphobe. And then I said, uh, uh, I believe it was Matt. And then I said, uh, yeah, just go look at a family that's, uh, that's coming, that's coming over right now. And this was a family, this, this, the, the kid that was there, it was pulling a dog by its tail and like touching the, the, touching the butthole of the dog a tiny bit. And you can just see this all go down in slow motion. I was, as I was explaining to, I think it was Matt, oh like, like why I have hand sanitizer. And then he held his mom's hand and then the mom touched the dad. And then the dad comes out with his hand stretched out towards me. And I'm like, Hey, I'm like, I'm busy here, but uh, hi, hi, nice to meet you guys. I didn't shake his hand, of course, because he had like, third generation dog shit on his fingers this man <laughs> but just to explain how it goes because it's of course it's yeah it's nasty. when i travel like for work and um i always have that clipped on my bag and my camera bags oh yeah and because we're going to interviewing people and going into and i just always like yeah. always am and putting it on because yeah, I, and I, I, think, I always feel that the hand sanitizer is kind of like a band-aid solution because yep. if I can, I, I just want to have soap and like hot water to. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I ended up in a lot of countries like Haiti and different places in Africa. Yeah, you and, traveled a lot. Right? So it, yeah, it's, it's just, that's your, that's your soap and water. Most places is just, cause even yeah, the water, yeah, you think, don't think, know what you're dealing with. With the, with the whole COVID thing. Like it's almost like we had it coming because of people touching buttholes of dogs stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> like this this was about to happen uh, but i miss those events man and i, oh, I can't definitely. wait for him to to get back because there is something about shaking people's hands in person and meeting them in person there's so many people i haven't met like i had the year that covid hit because i've been traveling straight hardcore for like the two years up to um covid um, I mean, every other month I was somewhere for a couple of weeks, you know, Japan, Cuba, Bahamas, like crazy cool places and, um, across Scotland and England and Lithuania, Lat- I mean, it was everywhere. And so it was just like, I had all these miles saved up. I was just going to go to a bunch of RC events and use frequent flyer miles to get to them all. Yeah. And, uh, then the whole world, you know, collapsed. It went from being like the most open and free world in many ways to just be able to go anywhere you wanted to to like the most closed down and shut down like with yeah. the, the advent of the internet and things like there were so many walls that were broken down and you could just about go anywhere you know like for the most part and uh, feel safe in doing it and now it's just like you you can almost go nowhere it's weird but yeah it's been it's been uh, well or it's coming up on four years now since i've been to the states so. wow that's crazy how time flies. Yeah. So, so what events have you been to here? You went to Axial Fest. Yeah, Axial Fest. I've been uh, twice, um, and this was back when it was at uh, Cisco Grove. Okay. Which, which was really great. Uh, those were amazing events. Um, really good vibe as well with uh, with it being like an event site, but also campsite, both rolled into one. Yeah. Did you go to the ProLine event? <clears throat> yeah, I went to, um, I think it was the second edition of okay. uh, ProLine by the Fire. 
Yeah. But that, that event is super fantastic. So I'm really looking forward to going there again. I hope it's in the cards for this year, but uh, okay. uh, we'll see. Uh, I've been to the first edition of uh, USTE. Okay. In uh, wow. Florida. That's an awesome event. That's about to take place here soon. Yeah. Uh, I think next this, weekend or something. Yeah, this month. Yeah, yeah I'm not able to there? go this year. I went last year and it was amazing. Okay. Um, you know, it was in Florida, yeah, the, so they the, were the lucky. The first year was, uh, uh, I mean, we had a really cool uh, crowd, but it was, um, it it wasn't as busy as I think they anticipated it to be. But I mean, that's that's of course also with it being a first edition yeah. of an uh, of an event. But uh, uh, it's going to be huge this year. That, that was the first time as well that I uh, met Matt. Okay. In person, we knew each other uh, like online, chatted uh, a bit here and there. But uh, yeah, so we r- ran a couple of trails over there. So that was fun. Yeah, a lot of the scale guys were out for the like. That's what it really was was a coming together, right? Of yeah, people yeah. that really detail things out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, and, I and know we had great great weather as well. I've been to um, I've been to Puerto Rico. Okay. Yeah. That that is that that's one of the best events I think. Really, I've, what was there? I don't even know what happened there. It was in uh, uh, Lajas RC Crawlers. Okay, I heard of this event, and it was right after USTE, basically. So it was just a short plane just trip. Just a jump over. over there, yeah. Yeah, and a ton of trucks, like hundreds of trucks and hundreds of people, like families. Wow. Like in a in a ditch next to the highway, like you wouldn't believe it. But it was like a really cool say, course. If you, if you would say that they that they would have held an event there uh, when there's nobody there, you go like, yeah, get out of here!" You know that's impossible. It was fantastic. Wow, absolutely fantastic. Um, I've been to um, um, some crawler jamboree at RPP. Yeah. Okay. Uh, You've been to a lot of events. Yeah. And I mean, some of the coolest adventures was uh, back in, what was it, 2015, I guess? So a really long time ago with uh, Reed. Uh, Reed is one of my friends. Uh, he <laughs> he took on a job to shoot a commercial at some point. And so he, and I was like, yeah, so what do you need to do? He was like, yeah, I need to build uh, Formula E cars. <laughs> but yeah, I said, but you don't have the means to do that, you know, because it was basically needed to thermoform. Well, you know how much work is involved in doing that. You need to thermoform entire bodies. It's like, yeah, yeah, well, we'll figure it out. And uh, so at some point, he calls me. He's like, uh, Chris, I have a problem. I'm like, uh, oh, what is it? He's like, uh, yeah, look at this. And so he made something. <laughs> it looked like absolute shit. <laughs> oh, it wasn't a Formula E car. Oh, it was horrible. He's like, "What do you think?" I said, "Well, it looks like you crashed an RC helicopter into Formula <laughs> One car." So I'm not sure what you're going for. He's like, "Can you help me out?" So I'm like, "Yeah." I said, "Well, I could try." He's like, it "Doesn't matter what it costs." He's like, "This is Hollywood, you know," because Reed was really close to Hollywood. Yeah. So this was my first. This was one of my first big U.S. adventures. So 
man, a ton of stress managed to pull that stuff off in uh, like only had two weeks to prep all this stuff we needed to prep 12 cars oh my goodness so i flew into uh to los angeles read it out we basically spray painting cars until deep in the night in downtown la and then after that we flew to miami and then we shot a commercial there we stayed in a five-star hotel it was absolutely crazy the spring break oh my god you wouldn't believe it I can, I can write a book about that and you know what it is with with some of that stuff and also with axial fest sometimes the best adventures and like the best memories you're making them when you're when you're really not expecting it yeah and it's just it's really important to kind of uh, uh take a break at times and just realize what what it is that uh, that you're doing yeah just That's so you cool. can fully appreciate it because it's always in hindsight that you go like oh my god you know that was it was like so crazy or so awesome and i got this opportunity because rc cars yeah like go figure right how insane yeah so what do you see going forward like um i know you're you're working on finishing this epic scx6 jeep gladiator it's gonna be like the only one that's out there that's like it but what do you see yeah well unless axial of course says uh, hey you know that uh kind of looks cool (laughs) let's produce one right People have asked me, like, uh, yeah, what, what are you going to do if Axial decides to come out with their own? I'm like, well, I applaud it. I'm really looking forward to that yeah. happening because I think there's a huge market for it. And I also think that they would have uh, an additional wheelbase chassis on which a ton of cool bodies could be uh, could be put. Right. So I do hope that uh, something along those lines is in the pipeline. Um, well, apart from that, a ton of great new trucks out. Um, people are really eager to dislike stuff it seems uh but for example the fire team by arma that's a really original super cool platform i have one as well and uh mine came in a bit late i don't see uh use for me to put out a running video of it uh, at this moment so but it is on the nomination of uh getting painted hopefully somewhere in uh, you gonna do something cre- something with it you're changing it all yeah, up. Yeah, I, yeah, I want to do something uh, something cool with it. So okay. Any any suggestions you have are, are welcome. Now, I just look forward to seeing what you do with it. That's how I am with most of them. Like, even, like, your Rift looks super cool. Um, you you got that new Capra as well, right? The rear steer one? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, how, how do you like that? I actually haven't seen one of them in person yet. Um, I know it's a lot oh, it's, like the old it's, one. It's, but... it's a handful. It's a handful to, it? to drive it. Yeah, I mean it. It is super capable, of course. I, I'm not in a in a in an area where we do uh, any comping and stuff. Right. But it's a it's a perfect rig to tackle any type of uh, technical trails. There's a lot to and think also, about uh, with the rear steer and when to use it. Yeah, and, I, it. and I'm thinking I do have a DX5 uh, Pro laying around as well, so I might change out the radio just to make it a bit easier to uh, to work with. Okay, because doesn't that have a dial like, on it? Yeah, exactly. and you can actually to- dial toggle through the toggle through the modes and yeah. uh, steer it that way. Because right now you need to, you're like you you can't make it look cool for some reason because you're always like, oh, I need to need to dip that switch, I need to do that, and then yeah, kind of a kind of a. I remember somebody had a radio where it actually had a, a dial on it, and they could almost yeah. turn it like it's another steering wheel for exactly. being able to just. T- and it's like, whoa, okay, yeah, I like that. 
Yeah, and that makes way more sense, I think, for that yeah. uh, for that truck. I would yeah, love to a, get one with cool a thumb wheel on the back of the handle somehow. Because yeah. if you want to four steer, like even the monster trucks, they do four steer. But all I have is like toggle on or off. And so I have mine set to like a three-point switch. And if I push it forward, it turns it the the, yeah. the wheels right. But you don't have control of how much. It's just all it's or nothing. It's all or nothing. Yeah. And so yeah. I just set it to like 30%. So it won't be like crazy, like hard to steer, but it'll give me that extra. But man, it would be nice to be able to roll a wheel and have it snap back to zero. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I don't know. It'd be cool so that you, you could control it and then you could let go of it and it would just go back to centered. I'm thinking we will see some different types of, uh, of radios, hopefully in the, in the coming years. Something that kind of goes away from uh, from the from the norm that we have now with the pistol grip uh, radio, yeah. just because I think there's a lot more possible if uh, if we were to step away from that and do well like you also. Well, well even for example, yeah, even uh, I could just do rear steer with the left almost or right like here. Play, play, PlayStation, if you know what I yep. mean. that would be cool. And they had something like a PlayStation one for the drones. I remember that. Yeah. Um, and that would be cool because you could drive forward, reverse, and turn your front wheels with one stick here, but then your other stick could be used for rear steer. Yeah, I haven't so thought crazy. about that. You can, make, you can make it very intuitive if you yeah. if you just, uh, uh, yeah, put your huh. mind to it, I guess. Well, this is cool. So what do you, um, is there an RC you'd like to see come out or a type of car that you'd like to see made into an RC? Oh, there's a lot. Um, for now, I hope that we will see um, an SCX6 Tacoma oh. crew cap, so Gladiator wheel-based. Yep. So Gladiator could be a nice first step, and then hopefully if Axel gets like a, a Toyota license, then we'll see something like that. Something appear. Toyota, okay. But still a platform that's... I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if we see another sixth scale crawler come to market hopefully uh tracks has yeah. accepted a challenge and is working on something just i think it's I, a, a good I think market they did really amazing with their uh with their trx4 as well yeah some innovative stuff there uh there too and uh if they would also get into that six scale crawler market i think there's there's a lot of cool stuff that could be possible so speaking of companies now we've hit on traxxas and that TRX4, that's something we see a lot of. Um, and you've oh, done yeah. some cool stuff with. Um, I, I remember seeing you had a gatekeeper that you did some awesome yeah. stuff with. And um, do you have other element stuff that you've done? Um, I have, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I, the, I have the Night all Runner. Of them. Yeah. 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 I got the Night Runner. I got to the, um, what's it called? The Trail Runner. Trail Runner. Okay. I remember seeing the Night Runner. Um, I got one. the Trail Walker. The Trail Walker. I did some pretty extensive modifying on the on the body. Yep. So I bobbed it, put an interior in there, put like a T-top uh, roof on it. Okay. Uh, yeah, you need to check that out. That's. Uh, I need to go and look for it. Yeah, that that was a funny, a fun little uh, project. Uh, Elements also has some really great trucks because that that Gatekeeper is one of my favorite trucks to run. Yeah, and so I have the Ecto version. That doesn't have the cage. Okay. Yeah. But I was, that's the only element I have. And I was very impressed with it out of the box. And the transmission I, I is. I thought with, uh, with the, um, with the cage, I'm like, this thing is going to be so top heavy as I yeah. was assembling it because there's, 
it was literally as much work to assemble the cage as yeah. it was to assemble the rest of the chassis. Yeah, I do remember. Like, wow, you know that, that that's that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of weight that they're putting uh, up top there. But uh, when added out on the trails, it, Did great. I was like, I, I, yeah, I, I thought at first, like coming up to some of my regular spots, I'm like, there's no way that it's going to tackle this because my SX10 version two, like I could do it with like heavier wheels and stuff like that. But yeah, it, like it, yeah. it needed it needed mods to tackle those areas. And on that gatekeeper, I had some plastic Proline wheels with uh, the Hyraxes. I just went down it's no problem no, pro- no problem whatsoever uh, yeah that whole um the suspension on the trailing arms i wasn't sure yep. how i was gonna like that and i love it yeah it's really good so well cool man um well i hope to chat with you again sometime about this stuff soon have yeah, you too. back it was a, p- a pleasure being on and um i you know i jump around on these things especially first time because there's so many areas and i think about something um like, oh, you know, I want to ask him about this. or, And so it kind of just jumps all over the place on these. And, um, you know, having extra time to just delve into one project would be really cool um, yeah. to just hear all of the, the things you're doing, especially maybe when you finish up your your Gladiator. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's uh, let's re- revisit when uh, when that thing is, uh, is done. Yeah, and just talk about some of the Thank tools you. and how you – because we were talking pre-show about some of it, and it was pretty cool, the processes that you're learning and – figuring out yeah. to make it happen so you could we could spend Absolutely. the whole time just talking about it definitely cool well thanks uh guys for tuning in and uh chris thanks for sharing your time with us all and your expertise Th- thank, and... thank you for having me on and thank you for everybody uh who listened and uh yeah we'll be back soon guys see you